Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour one on this Wednesday, 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 Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Come on in, stay a while. Operator Tyler's sitting by, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Mike Chirico will join us from the Open Championship. He'll join us uh, coming up here in a little bit. The Open Championship starts tomorrow, Royal Liverpool. We'll make our picks, which I know you're waiting for our expert analysis on who's going to win the Open Championship. Stat of the Day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. This first hour brought to you by the great folks at Simply Safe Home Security. What's up, Holmes? 24-7 Live Guard Protection is there to help agents can actually speak to and deter the uh, person who broke into your home through the camera. Right now, get 20% off any Simply Safe system at simplysafedan.com. I know you're in my house. Could you leave, please? Huh? Is that what you do? Yeah. I, I think that's what they do. Excuse me. Uh, I know you're in my house right now. Can you please leave? There's no safe like Simply Safe. I think I need to get it for the man cave. Because sometimes the backroom guys are in here drinking beers. They're playing golf on the simulator. They're doing body shots off each other, basketball. They do a lot of things here. So maybe I could say that to Mario, uh, Rob, Picture Day Ray. Uh, would you please leave the premises, please? Put down the beer. Yes, Paul. So you need internal security, not people breaking into the building. No, no, no. People yeah. staying in the building too yeah, long. Yes. You're trying to get people to leave security. <laughs> yes. You know what? But When I built the man cave, I thought... And this was my idea when I worked at ESPN, because I went to them many, many, many years ago. And I said, how about you do things where people will go to ESPN early and stay later? And there was a Gold's Gym next door. And I said, why not buy the Gold's Gym and make it part of the ESPN campus? I said, how about full court basketball? How about a putting green? These are all things that they eventually implemented. But years and years ago, I went to management and I said, it would be great because then people would get here early and then they would stay later. And then that's what I wanted with the man cave. So I, you're the guy to blame for that culture shift in yes. employment where you're never allowed to leave your yes. place of business? <laughs> allowed yeah. to. Yes. Well, we used to have a vending machine. That that was the cafeteria. Oh, look, look, work-life balance. I mean, we need you guys to get time at home, okay? So that's why we put in daycare here. We put in the gym. We put in an accountant's office. We, put a, we want you to go home, okay? Work-life balance. I didn't have any work-life balance. That was work, and that was my life. But I thought while I was there, could you put in some fun things here? You know, how about a putting green? How about basketball court? And then when I built the man cave, I thought, okay, can I put in some things that people will come in early or stay later or both? And I think we've accomplished that. You got pinball. I got a bar in here. I got basketball uh, court. Uh, we got a gym where you can pump some iron if you want to. You can grill if you want to. You can just lounge around if you want to. You can sleep here if you want to. We have all the accommodations. It's a. It's probably a four-star. It's a five-star man cave. It's a four-star getaway. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, you got laundry in back if you need to do a quick load of laundry. Sure. If you had like an oil-changing place, this would be perfect. Well, yeah. Bring your cars in for a little rotation. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's my Christmas gift to oh. you guys. Oil changing. 
Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. Yeah, You're gonna get a lift out there, put your car up there, tires rotated. Yep, gonna do that thanks to TireRack.com. All righty, uh, poll question today. What are we gonna go with, seat no counter? Uh, this one's based off of the Jets, Dan, because they're apparently changing the whole hard knocks formula. Ooh, they start today. They show up today. Now, when do the cameras show up for Hard Knocks? And can the voice of God, the uh, the uh, voiceover guy, Liev. Liev Shriver, can he do that as an as an actor? And he's in the Screen Actors Guild, so can he voice over Hard Knocks? I don't I don't know if he can. I mean, I guess he can, but he is part of the Screen Actors Guild. And he'd be reading a script. Yes. Scripted, that doesn't sound like he could. Or he could, but he shouldn't and won't. Could we get a hold of somebody at Hard Knocks to ask them? Yeah. Because they might have to go get somebody who's not in the Screen Actors Guild. Is there anyone you know who has a great voice and knows football? Well, I'm in the Screen Actors Guild, Paul. Oh. I'm an actor. You're not crossing the line. No, I would not do that. No. No. And this isn't scripted. So when people say, well... You're part of the Screen Actors Guild. I go, yeah, but this isn't a scripted show. It's a radio show. Yeah, I don't think we're bound by any of the things they're no, we're not. Uh, no. protesting. But, but people don't know that. They're like, you know, who can cross the picket line or is that crossing the picket line? And I thought about this with Liev Shriver. He's the voiceover guy, but he's also an actor. So Hard Knocks would need a sub for the month, someone who is not an actor but yeah. has a noticeable voice. Yes. That, that's a tough Oh, there's a lot of guys you could get who have a good voice. Uh, I'm saying like someone known-ish that would be like, oh, look who's doing hard But I don't even think people know that Liev Shriver, who he is, that that that's the same guy who is in, uh, what's the the show? Uh, Ray Donovan. Yes, Ray Donovan. Uh, And we had him in in studio in L.A. Uh, Nice guy. Kind of a... Kind of a Liam Neeson kind of guy, just like he. They should be a, in a buddy movie, and he he taught Paulie how to uh, punch somebody or take a punch in a movie. It's pretty cool. Yeah, but he's got a great voice. Although when I hear him, I don't hear the same voice when I hear Hard Knocks. I'm really glad you said that because the first time I saw his name on a thing, I was like, it doesn't sound like him. No, is it? Does he have an effect? I have no idea. But but when you're speaking to him. I don't hear the same voice when I hear Hard Knocks. And I don't know what happens, that magic, when he sits down to voice this. But my voice sounds here as it would if I was recording something. But his doesn't. There's a different texture to it. But it's great. And uh, But I wonder if he's going to be able to voice that. All righty. Uh, so that's the poll question. Uh, has to do with the Jets? Oh, yeah. We haven't gotten to the poll oh, question oh, yet. Oh, okay. Uh Showing players getting cut on hard knocks is cruel or entertaining? They seem to be pushing back on the, uh, the that sort of storyline, which really is at least 30% of why hard knocks is so great, is who makes the team and who doesn't. Yeah, because when you think of other shows, if you tune into The Bachelor and if I said, you know what, we're not going to do the rose ceremony on TV. It's just too mean to them. We're not going to do that. Well, that's that's the main thing of the show. Or if Donald Trump was saying, you're fired. Oh, we're not going to do that. We don't want to embarrass anybody. Well, that's what Hard Knocks is. Hard Knocks is about you getting cut, that we buy into your story. It's the same. It's formulaic. It's This is what it is. Not the big names. It's usually somebody that you don't know, you get invested in, you care about, and then all of a sudden they get called into the office. Yeah, undrafted, went to a small school, uh, the wife just is pregnant, they just found out the wife's pregnant, oh, God, he fumbled in the last preseason game. Yeah. He's never. That's the whole part of it. Yeah, I wonder if... Um, but all, there, there's also scenarios where the coach will go, hey, uh, you know, uh, sorry to do this, uh, we're going to bring you back on the practice squad. Or you get this, um, hey, if there's anything I can do for you, <laughs> yeah, how about not cut me? Yeah, yeah. on TV. Anything I can do, you let me know. I mean, it's awkward for the coach as well. I'll write your recommendation to the Lions. Maybe they want you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Robert Sala probably doesn't want to be cutting somebody on TV, but that's part of the show. You, you, you lure us in, and then we invest in these players or player, and then you want to see what happens. It's the same thing with... All of these shows, 
when you're watching The Bachelor. Oh, gosh. I like his backstory or her backstory. Oh, is she going to get a rose? She, she didn't get a rose. And then we follow her to the limo as she's crying. That's the show. Good TV. Yeah. Like, do we tune in for that? Or do we tune in for, oh, and they lived happily ever after? No. Oh, that's what their locker room <laughs> looks like. Oh, that's fun. It's a nice facility. Maybe that's what Robert Sala should do. He should hand out roses. Mm. Hmm. And if you get a rose, then you make the team. But if you're hard knocks, you have to be like, okay, we'll do less cutting people and more Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's that, that deal? That's not going to happen. How's that deal work? I'm sure Aaron will love that. Yeah. Uh, hey, Aaron, good news. They're not going to show anybody getting cut. The bad news is you're the featured guy. <laughs> they're going to talk to you all the time. Hope you're available. And they want to go home with you. And they're talking ayahuasca. Yes, Paul. I got an email into a guy at Hard Knocks, but according to Adam Schefter, the team won't let NFL films inside the rooms when Robert Sala and general manager Joe Douglas are cutting the players. They don't believe it's humane. I don't know if they have the power to just completely... Humane? humane. It's not like they're putting down a dog. Like they're, <laughs> it's, it, it's, I mean, these are grown-ups. This is a job, and this is part of that job. If you That's got, right. You're going to get picked up, though, okay? Hey, hey, don't worry. This isn't the end for you, okay? This oh. isn't the end. They always tell them that. They're like, hey, look, you're a great player. I wish we could keep you. Yeah. I wish we could keep you. You're a great player, okay? This isn't the end for you. So, yeah. Supposedly, the teams at Hard Knocks get a bit of a peek at it before the final edit goes out. But if you ran hard knocks, would you say to this, this is a no-go? And, you know, the NFL, the league will probably back you on this one because the league stirs the pot. I wondered if hard knocks gets more interesting if the Jets view hard knocks as an opponent and they don't want to cooperate. So now it's up to hard knocks to find ways to almost surreptitiously, you know, in a clandestine way, like sneaking in. And then you'll get a real sense of what is going on. Not, hey, guys, uh, Disavow any knowledge of the cameras here. Let's act normal. Act natural. Okay, coach, we will. Yes, Mark. So when they cut a player, is it just going to be like uh, at the end of Boys in the Hood where Doughboy walks off and he just says, two weeks later, he was killed. <laughs> the, the, he, fades be, yeah, he fades away. He like, dissolves. Away. And yeah. <laughs> Middle linebacker, John Smith. Gone. <laughs> R.I.P. Doughboy. Doughboy reference. <laughs> That's great. Doughboy. <laughs> so... You're not going to be able to call it hard knocks. It'll be like semi-hard knocks or... Uh, maybe gent- next time. Gentle knocks. Coming up, maybe next time. Yeah. Yes, Paul. You yeah. know, they could twist this. If, if hard knocks says, okay, we can't get a camera in the room. Can we get a camera in the hallway? And when the player leaves, you get the reveal. And he goes, thumbs up, thumbs down. What happened? Were you cut in there? Were you told that you made the roster? So there's a way to adjust with that if they don't let him in the room for the cutting. The beheading. Well, you have highs and lows. That That's why, you know, we invest in the show because we think we're seeing something that we normally don't get a chance to. Somebody makes the team, somebody doesn't make the team. you got compelling stories there. But I, I'm curious to see what HBO Hard Knocks is going to have access to, what the Jets allow them to have, and is there some kind of happy medium here? Hey, can we just see one guy get cut? We'd have to see five. How about one? How about a guy that maybe we don't like? Yes, Paulie. Or yes, Eden. Maybe this is a good thing, though, for Hard Knocks. Yeah. Because if we're being truthful, it was getting a little formulaic. Yeah. <sighs> it was getting a little, like, eh, not as interesting as it was a few years back. Right? It, it was kind of the same thing. It was just different teams. It's the local restaurant that never changes the menu, decor, or look. And you love it, but you also love it just because of the tradition of it. Yeah, so but now it's going to force them to f- to maybe reinvent a little bit. But the Bachelor or the Bachelorette is formulaic. It's the same thing. Maybe, yeah, no, I don't watch that show. Uh, Survivor, sort of the same thing. Yeah, but they always throw in um, little like, so those are game shows Yeah. anyway, right? But they always throw in little wrinkles where it'll be like Survivor couples or survivor like you know what i mean or they change the terrain all of the time or something Mm. like that right and they throw in those little games that they do Mm. did you see where there's a a grandfather bachelor oh yeah he's like 75 or something yeah yeah Yeah. what what, what do you mean he's gonna be the bachelor yeah he's 75 they're doing like golden bachelor or something like that it's called but i don't know how old the women have to be to qualify he's a handsome fella yeah he is he's rugged yeah yeah he's a 
Like he's from Indiana. He's got like corn-fed good looks mm. and piercing oh. blue eyes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> a tan. But he's seven. Yeah, very, oh, very like a, tan. A man. Very tan. Oh. Very tan. But I think he's 75. Instead of giving away roses, he gives away pills. Like for nothing, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Viagra. Yeah. Brought to you by Viagra. <laughs> a little blue pill. <laughs> yes, Marv. He's definitely got a bathrobe that says daddy. Oh, or granddaddy. 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 <laughs> yeah. hey, Who's your granddaddy? <laughs> okay. He solved a lot there. Oh, yeah, we 71. Did. Jerry Turner, he's 71. Yeah, okay. He, he could be 45. Yeah, fella. he looks good. Yeah. No, it's, his hair is colored, uh, got a deep tan, and uh, he's... It, but do they say how old the women are? I mean, they're not going to be like 25. I don't know that that would fly on network Probably television. not. Probably not. This guy's how old? 71. 71. Jeez, I'm going to go kill myself. Yeah. Probably drank a lot of water. I yes. bet he drank a lot oh, of water. I'm going to guess he's always hydrated. And I bet he moisturized oh. from a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Manny Petties. Yep. Pre- Absolutely. Previously married. Two yeah. daughters, two granddaughters. <laughs> this guy has trouble meeting women? I mean, how is that possible? I I don't know. I don't know what i i knew somebody who was on there who had a relationship but wanted the uh exposure and went on a show and uh but gave the presentation that he was looking for love and uh he had already had love and his girlfriend signed off on it because he wanted to be an actor jerry is a hopeless romantic looking for someone to share the sunset years of life sunset i think that means death yeah, I don't want sunset at 71. Yeah, I want sunrise. Yeah, he looks like he's 38. I'll tell you the flaw of the show, though, is the Jesse Palmer. He's a great host, good guy. We all love Jesse. But when he walks in the room, yeah. he's better looking than The Bachelor. Yeah. He said, uh, Jerry said he's looking for someone high energy. I'd love it if I found a partner who is high energy. Someone who is high energy. Say someone who plays pickleball. Maybe someone who golfs. Uh, I want an animal in bed. That's what I want, high said energy. Jerry. <laughs> Oh, Jerry, you dog. I'm looking for Nicole Kidman. Yeah. <laughs> what a dog. 71. <laughs> Dang. Okay. He's got good hair. Are they going to do like nursing home bachelor or right. bachelorette? Mm. You no. Know? Yes, Tom. If it's successful, they may go even older. And then you have the guy going, oh, dear, can you please help me into the jacuzzi in the suite? Thank you. Let's see where we go from here. My teeth. Where's my teeth? <laughs> How did we get there? I have no idea. I have no idea. I just saw... Hard Knocks. Oh, yeah, that's oh. right. That's right. Every time we mentioned something about Hard Knocks, you brought it back to The Bachelor <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> no, no, no. I was talking about The Rose. Yeah, that's well, no, part of like, the show. Well, yeah, it's just like The Bachelor. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Even though I haven't seen the show. I think I saw the, mm-hmm. the first season... Mm-hmm. No, remember the awkward moment that we had? And oh, yeah. uh, where was that restaurant? Uh, remember the dude? Didn't we meet one of oh, the bachelors yes. at a restaurant? And the, uh, the Aqua Grill. The Aqua Grill, yeah, in New York City. Oh, man, I missed that place. That, that was... guy got in trouble. Oh, did he? Yes. Yeah, guy, he met... The guy from Iowa. Remember yes. Andrew? Souls. Yes. Souls. Yes. 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 Good call. Good poll. Bloop. 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 Uh, we were there having dinner. And we we're running late here. I got to take a break here. But but McLovin, who watched The Bachelor, <gasps> he, he was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" You, you, you're not exaggerating. No, no, no. He was as excited as it was like Kobe Bryant had yeah, just walked into at, the restaurant. But Kobe wouldn't have been as important as The Bachelor was Fair. to McLovin. Fair. He's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta text my wife." Uh, Let's take a break here. We're just getting started. Uh, Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He is Albert Breer. The peripatetic Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter. He's the Monday morning quarterback. He joins us now. Where are you right now, Albert? I, I feel like I have to apologize because this is like an awfully big letdown after last week. I am in the uh, waiting room at a uh, car dealership getting my oil changed. Okay. So, all right. Let- I'm not on vacation anymore. I'm not on vacation anymore. I'm, I'm, but this is all the stuff I have to do before I leave for camp because I'll be gone for most of the next month. Okay, let's uh, let's guess. Let's play the what kind of car does Albert Breer <laughs> oh. drive? Oh, now I'm going to sound like such a douche. Oh. <laughs> That's a big hint. Okay. That's a big That's hint. A ah, hint. I like it. Okay. That might change my answer. Todd? <laughs> Nissan Sentra. Nissan Sentra? Oh, oh that's oh, not a... No. It can't not, be a no. douche with that. Okay, Seton? Oh, man, this is... Uh... Oh, wait, you said oil change, so it can't be an electric car. Mm-hmm. How about a uh, Porsche? No, it'd be a Porsche. A Porsche. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Uh, like a that's a great Porsche, car. Though. Porsche Cayenne. Porsches are. That's a great car. Yes, they are. Marvin. Range Rover. Range Rover. Paulie. I gotta stick with that. I was, you know, Albert's Northeast. I knew all-wheel drive would be in his repertoire, but I'm also going Range Rover. Range. Based Rover. off his hint. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I. I uh, I'm gonna. I'm going to go with the Range Rover, too. And here we go with the great reveal. Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, drives... A BMW. Oh! oh. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Range Rover, Range Rover was close, though. I think that's in the same, like, douche category, right? <laughs> like, so... I feel like you guys were in the neighborhood. That's great. See, I, it, we, we also have a Tahoe, so, like, if I was at the Chevy dealership, I would have been much more relatable, okay. I think, right? Yeah, right? you're right. So, you're right. Peter, timing's everything. Peter King, that's probably what he drives. He's more relatable than you. <laughs> um, uh, I'm not, it's unfortunate. Again, timing's everything. All right, the Jets and hard knocks. The Jets don't want to cooperate and let you, uh, yeah. you know, show these guys getting cut. Well, that's 30% of hard knocks is – those those moments where these guys get brought in and they get cut. Now, can the Jets say to Hard Knocks, we're not going to let the cameras in? Uh, like to a certain degree, yes. You know, I, I've talked to coaches and general managers who have been through this, and I believe it, it airs on Tuesday nights, right? 
on Monday night, they'll get a copy of it and they'll be able to look through it and they'll be able to take out what they want to take out. And sometimes, you know, I, I know there are cases where coaches and general managers have pulled that lever and said, I don't want this or this or this in there. I don't think it's all that common. Um, because one thing I would say is the films people are pretty good, you know, and, and I think I, I know you've probably dealt with them over the years. DP is they have a good way about them, about, you know, as much as they need and as many cameras as are going to be there. They do their best. They make the best effort to try to be flies in the wall, you know, and try to be out of the way. And, you know, the people who are on the ground, you know, and I know a few of them um, worked with some of those guys at NFL Network are good people. And um, generally, you know, they've been through this, so they're able to build relationships where, you know, by the time you go to air, which is two and a half weeks into camp, they've built that level of trust where coaches and GMs are willing to work with them on stuff, you know. But this is a different situation, you know. I mean, this is the first time where they don't have a volunteer. They've got a hostage. And, um, you know, I know one of the things the Jets had sort of discussed in the spring when this came up was, you know, how they're already sort of at capacity from a media standpoint with everything that Aaron Rodgers is going to bring along with them, with everything that, you know, all the hype around them is going to bring with it. Like, they feel like between the amount of media that's going to be going through there over the three or four weeks of camp – between, you know, the the in-house stuff that they've got to do, um, you know, and then just locally, the amount of people that are going to be there locally, um, they're going to be a capacity. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to make for an interesting few weeks. And the other thing that's interesting is, like, the next, like, week or two should be, you know, pretty fascinating as well. Because normally, if you look at it, like, the Lions, that hard knocks was announced on March 28th, I believe, of last year. Normally... Hard Knocks goes in, HBO and films go in in the spring in May and June to collect all the B-roll and do all the background work and everything else. Well, they don't have that done now. So, you know, I mean, to make the show sing like it normally sings, they're going to have to get pretty intensive over the next you know week or two. And that, of course, could lead to, you know, some friction between the crew and the team. Can Liev Shriver voice something scripted? as an actor with what's going on with the writer's strike? I don't know. I'm not up to date on that one. So <laughs> you, you know more about that than me. I'm not sure. I, I didn't even know that. I, like, that's the first I've heard that that could be a factor, but that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, it's a scripted show. Yeah. And then he voices it. But I, I was just curious if he's able yeah, to. I had, I, you know what? When we get off this call, I'm actually going to. Maybe make okay. a few phone calls and All figure right. that out because I, I I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good point. And I hadn't, you know, that obviously, you know, would seem to be another hurdle that they'd have to clear here. And what's going to be, um, you know, potentially a summer full of them. The, uh, the Hard Knocks crew. Tweet that came out, veteran running backs are organizing a group, a text chain, and mm -hmm. I guess they're commiserating with one another. I, I don't know. How do running backs get paid or why do we care if they get paid or they don't get paid? I think, you know, there's a human element to it, of course, right? Like, which is these guys take an absolute beating, you know, and they are valuable. The problem they have, there's a few problems. I, I would say like about four problems here. Number one, their prime happens during their rookie contracts, right? Like, whereas with a receiver or a pass rusher or a tackle or certainly a quarterback, like they're just hitting their prime as they come out of their rookie contracts. Like you could argue running backs, like the heart of their prime is during that rookie contract. And it's played out in cases like Todd Gurley and Ezekiel Elliott, where the team's got the best years when those guys were under cost control, you know? So what everybody's fighting for um, in the NFL, which is to get to a second contract, it's much harder for a running back because you're not paying for past performance. You're paying for future performance. And history shows us that the best performance that they're going to have after four or five years is their past performance. Um, the franchise tag is a problem because it's so affordable, right? Like, and if you look at that and you say, it's not a smart investment to invest in a sixth and seventh year for a running back yeah. um, with the pounding that they take, um, then they a team can very easily look at that and say, we'd rather just go year to year with you. So the franchise tag's a problem because it's so affordable and such an easy mechanism for teams not to commit long-term to these guys. There's the there's All right, the well, then give me a yeah. solution. Give me a solution here that everybody... I don't know. I, you know what one of the biggest problems is, Dan, is like how replaceable they are, you know? Like, look at the Super Bowl. 
Like that's the issue. It's it's not that Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or Tony Pollard aren't excellent players. They're all really good players. It's well, like what if I do let this go? Get this guy go. Like when negotiations get tough, it's like okay, like so, like what's behind door number two? And then you look at the two teams in the Super Bowl, and the Chiefs' starting running back in the Super Bowl was a seventh round rookie, Isaiah Pacheco. And the Eagles starting running back was Miles Sanders, who was on a rookie contract. And after the season, they let him go for just over $6 million a year in free agency, right? So what does that tell you? I, you know, I think that's the problem is, is it's not that these guys aren't great players. It's the teams are looking at it and saying, it's much easier for me to fill this position than it would be for me to find a great receiver or to find a great corner. You know, the same thing sort of exists on the offensive line. Like, that's why tackles get paid, right? Like, I can I can find a guard. I can find a center. It's really hard to find a great left tackle, right, in the, in the secondary. I can find a great corner, or I can find a great safety. I can find a good safety. I can be good enough there. It's really hard to find a great corner. So I think that that's a huge part of it, and I think that that's why as long as there's so many options for teams out there to fill the position in different ways, mm-hmm. like – what are you going to do? Like the Rams, like, right? Like the Rams have, have been a big part of this because they pivoted halfway through that building process to really focus on building around premium positions, right? So they focused on corners, Jalen Ramsey, pass rushers, Aaron Donald, tackles, Andrew Whitworth, receivers, Cooper Cup, quarterback, obviously, Matthew Stafford. And they went to a Super Bowl with Todd Gurley and lost. They come back a couple of years later. They weren't near as good at running back, right? In 2021, as they were in 2018 but they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So that's the issue, I think, is it it just becomes too replaceable. And I think one thing that's highlighted that certainly is analytics, right? Like, Because now it's not teams just like looking at it based on their own experience. They've got like numbers to quantify all of this as well. And so, you know, I, I think the replaceability factor is a, is a really, really big one here. He's Albert Breer joining us uh, from some car dealership, getting his BMW's oil change. He is the Monday morning quarterback. That's, of course, what you would expect the Monday morning quarterback to drive. Um, Belichick and the hot seat. Yeah. Real or fabricated? I, I don't I don't think he'll get fired. Um, it, it's just like I think Robert Kraft would pursue something different than that if he were trying to push him out. Now, I don't know if Bill could force him to fire him. Um, I think they need to show progress, though, for there not to be some level of shakeup. And, you know, I, I think, like, you're starting to see, a, like, a level of discomfort with the Crafts on where they are in some of the statements that Robert Kraft has made over the last couple of years. Um, and, and, and look, like, I think if you look at where they are now versus 2019, it's hard to say they're not on an upward trajectory. And then if you look, it's like, how many players in the roster can you say are going to be there three years from now? Right. Like where this guy is a good enough player where I know he's going to be there in three years, like, say, Garrett Wilson or Sauce Gardner are for the Jets. Right. Like that guy's going to be there. So I think as much as winning and losing this year is going to be about showing that they have to be bad to get better from the standpoint of getting draft. The Jets were bad and got those draft picks. The Patriots are average. They struck out on a lot of draft picks too, though. And that's the thing is, and I, I understand what you're saying is like, are they stuck in that, like, you know, you're the 45 win NBA team, like that thing, right? Like where, you know, you're, you're good enough to be competitive, but not good enough to get over the top. Um, you know, but I, I think that that's like a big part of it is finding creative ways to show you're on an, on an upward trajectory. Right. And like, I, I think if you look at the roster, there are some good young players on that, but. Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, like are these guys, Michael Wino, like are these guys that you're going to be that are going to be cornerstones for you for the next decade? You know, like I, I I don't know. And then there's the quarterback question. So, like I think I think the Crafts are concerned about the direction of the franchise, especially after what they went through last year on the coaching staff, right? And I think like Bill needs to show that they are back on the way up again because this is the fourth year without Brady, right? So we've gone through like almost a, like like a whole cycle of rookies and all of that like since Brady's been gone. So they need to show like like Bill needs to show we're on an upward trajectory to prevent there being some level of change 
for the second straight year in the organization. And I think where you could see this, right, like the way I see it, like barring like a bottoming out where they're four and 13 or something. What if Robert Kraft wants to hire a GM? Mm. What if Robert Kraft wants changes on the coaching staff? He did this year. Mm. Or if he wants to do that again, is that the type of thing where it makes Belichick throw his hands up and say the hell with this? I'm, I'm out, you know, like, so. But they're not helping Mac Jones. That if you look I, at what the Dolphins yeah. did with Tua, the Eagles did with Jalen Hurts, Mac Jones, I don't know if he's a good quarterback or not, but if I put him in Miami or put him in Philadelphia, I'm going to guess he's going to be a whole lot better than he is in New England. And you're you're at least going to have clarity, right? Like, and that's the question. Uh, and I think like the problem, the big, the fundamental problem here, Dan, is they're building like it's still ten years ago. They're building like they still have Tom Brady. And if you look at their roster, there are a whole bunch of good players, but how many great players do they have? And the way the league is going, you see teams that are built around great players and making it work everywhere else, right? Like the best teams now have great players at premium positions and make it work everywhere else. The Patriots aren't like that. The Patriots are trying to build on balance again, which when you have Tom Brady, that works because he can lift all boats, right? Look at the offseason two years ago, right? So they went in to brought brought these guys and Matthew Judon on defense really worked. But on offense, they brought in Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne at receiver, and they brought in Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith at tight end. Meanwhile, other teams, instead of going for three or four guys, were making the splash. Like you said, AJ Brown to Philly, Devontae Adams to Vegas, Tyree Tyree Kill to Miami. And I think what we've seen is like it really helps your young quarterback more than anything else to get the guy who changes the dynamic for everybody, yeah. right? And, um, you know, like t- Patrick Mahomes had that in, in Tyreek Hill when he was young. Now Tua Tungvaloa is getting it with Hill and Waddle. Like you said, Jalen Hurts has gotten it with A.J. Brown. In Buffalo, Stephon Diggs was traded for three years into Josh Allen's career. You're going to have some big decisions to make on Mac Jones, um, after this year on the fifth year option, whether to extend him, all of that, whether to go after another quarterback after this year. And I think my biggest question would be whether or not they've done enough to give themselves clarity on that. Like, like you said, are you going to be able to get yourself closer to a clear answer on whether he's the guy or not based on what you've put around him? And the idea that that might not happen as a result of the way they built the team. Yeah, I think what we're finding out is players will go to New England if they can win a Super Bowl and you have Tom Brady. Players aren't looking to go to New England just to say, I played for Bill Belichick. Uh, right. It, it's great to see. Are there other people in the waiting room there? Are- <laughs> I don't know. I'll text you after and I'll, we'll, we'll figure that out. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess somebody knocked on the door right before I came in, but I didn't hear it because I'm oblivious <laughs> to everything. <laughs> they must be wondering what you're doing in there. You're talking to yourself there, but uh, well, like I like I like I said, this has got to be like the biggest step down in the history of the show when it comes to backdrop from yeah. last week to this week, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had the water behind you. Now you got a pale-looking wall, and I think there's a mechanic walking around behind you there. Well, hey, over the next few weeks, you know, if you guys want to uh, check out like what Marriott backdrops look like, <laughs> I'll be able to I'll be able to help you guys out there. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us, as always, Albert. All right, thanks, Dan. That's Albert Breer. He is the Monday morning quarterback, and he's just like you and me. He gets his oil changed, but he drives a BMW. I should have upgraded him to a Mercedes. You know, like if you're going to go all in and have you know a beautiful car, don't stop at a BMW. Go all the way. That sounds like a new tagline. It did. It does. Don't stop there. Go all the way with Mercedes Benz. Yes, Marv. Oh no, I'm going to do the same thing. Oh, okay. All right. Let's take a break. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? 
along with my fellow pro bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last night, 12 teams scored 10 or more runs, the most teams to reach double digits on a single day since 1894. Four games saw both teams score at least 10 runs. It was wild yesterday. but uh, And scoring is up just a little bit. I was curious about that. Remember with the pitch count, but you can't have an, a shift now? I was wondering uh, what was that going to do to offense, and I uh, checked the numbers. So just a tick up as far as offensive production. NBC Sports host, and uh, he is the host of Sunday Night Football, the play-by-play voice, and covering the Open Championship, the 151st Open Championship at Royal Liverpool. He's Mike Tirico, and uh, coverage will start NBC at 7 a.m. Eastern. Mike uh, calling his 25th Open Championship. What was it like when you called your first one? I wish I remember, man. It was 97. It was a long time ago. Justin Leonard won. Uh, I, I don't think I knew what I was doing at that point, calling golf. Uh, I only called about four or five events. But uh, I do remember Justin had a great Sunday, uh, a steady Sunday. Other guys had a chance to catch him. And Justin was here on his own. It wasn't a uh, big family or girlfriend or wife at the time. It, it was just Justin and his caddy ordering a pizza after winning the Open. It was it was pretty cool, pretty cool scene. And we got to relive that a few times and work with Justin over the last couple of years here. So that was kind of cool. 
But I'm wondering when when it comes to an audience knowing mm -hmm. terminology, you know, because if you right. call it a sand right. trap or a bunker, and then you know the golf uh, cogniacente is going to come right after you there. But football yeah. or yeah. horse racing, give me the sport where you got to stay in your lane and be careful because they're there to correct you. Probably golf early on because so many of the participants or the viewers are participants. They play all the time. You know, you're members at a club. You, you play with your foursome every week. You have a certain time you play on weekends. So I, I think probably golf as much as any because the people who are watching, they know the language, they play, and you can tell a fraud right away, somebody who doesn't know the sport. Fortunately, I played not well, but played at that time. So it wasn't like it was all brand new to me. But uh, I, I think, Dan, if I knew then – what a career pivot point that what might have been. I don't know if I necessarily would have said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this. But I was lucky. I was surrounded by Curtis Strange, Judy Rankin, Bob Rosberg, Steve Melnick, some really good and talented people that kind of kept me in a place where I could succeed early on. And you know, 25 opens and 27 years of doing this later, it's, uh, it's fun to be the old guy, I guess, every once in a while. Do you remember when the story came out that I was up for the job to do golf? Oh, you know what? I had forgotten about that. Yes. That's right. Yeah. So, so was, why didn't you? Um, I I never You're... talked to anybody other than it was in Rudy Martsky's column in USA Today. <laughs> I'm getting ready to do the 11 o'clock Sports Center, and one of our bosses realizes the next day that it's going to be made official that you're going to be the voice of golf for ABC. Okay. This I, is in '96. Okay. So I'm walking down to the set. And one of our former bosses go, uh, hey, can you come here? I, you know, I got five minutes to get from one building right. to the other to do Sports Center. Yeah, Calls exactly. me in, and he goes, hey, um, Tariko's going to get the golf job. And I go, what? Yeah, he goes, yeah, uh, Tariko's going to do golf, uh, and, uh, and and you're, you're going to just stay doing Sports Center. I then have to go over and do a sports center after I just right. had that. And, and it was one of those moments where I go, I didn't, I didn't volunteer. I didn't ask. I was just told that I was up for the job, but it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you, I, you I, stole um, it from I me. Did, I, I'm sure I did. Uh, cause, cause you were clamoring. I did, uh, two, two senior tour events in 96. And, uh, th those are the first two opportunities I had to do golf. I actually got the chance to do it because, Jim Kelly, not the Bills quarterback, but yeah. Jim Kelly was a terrific sportscaster, a bunch of assignments. He was doing the America's Cup in San Diego, oh, and yeah. uh, they needed somebody to fill in. I did, I did two golf events with Andy North and Gary Koch and Bob Murphy. Those guys, those guys were uh, were godsends for me to to help get started. So, so maybe you would be here, and I'd be sitting in your chair right now. <laughs> <laughs> it was different. If Rudy would have gotten it right, I don't know. What would you shoot on that course right now if you were playing? Oh my God! It it, it, it certainly begins with a one. Uh, okay. It, you know, I'm I'm a 14, so I'm in the high 80s, low 90s. If I'm if I'm playing my average, I can shoot a little better. I have shot a lot worse, including the last couple of weeks. I can't drive it right now, uh, but I'd love to see. 10, 15 index players come out and try to play these courses because you're, you're shooting triple digits. It's so hard. It's so fine. You know, you're not raking it up from two and a half feet. That's good. You have to get that up for your sticks and move on, you know? you got to hole everything out, and you're going to miss a few of those. This course, like all the courses for the Open, it's the wind. If we get some wind, then you really have a story. And I was just up on the 14th tee with Rory McIlroy, Terrell Hatton, Tommy Fleetwood, and Victor Hovland, and it's a practice round. So guys hit a couple of balls. Rory put a two-iron in the fairway. The other three guys hit two drivers, and five of the six drives missed the fairway. And then, now you're hitting it at a rough, yay high, and all that. So it, it takes forever and would be a high number for most average players. But are you rooting for that as a broadcaster of yeah. that you want the weather, you want the conditions, you want us to almost feel it as we're watching this? I think you want some. But on Thursday and Friday, you'd like it to be fair because you can get play early Thursday, weather's good, front or a storm or winds coming in Thursday night, Friday morning. So the guys who go late Thursday, early Friday, they just get a raw deal with the draw. And then guys in that half, it's pretty balanced with good players. 
guys in that half of the draw just get taken out of the tournament. As long as it's fair to get you to the weekend. But I think this major, more than anything else, begs for a little rain, a little weather, a little weather, a little wind. If you sit and watch the Open, you get up early to watch it. You just want to see people fight. I mean, the whole world is experiencing record heat right now. Yeah. And it was 63 degrees here yesterday. I was two layers walking around the golf course. It was a cold rain. It, it's just different. And I think that's why this Open, and this major, I should say, has um, has stayed with its unique power to connect with American fans. Because we don't see golf or conditions like this very often. He's Mike Tirico, NBC Sports host, play-by-play voice of uh, Sunday Night Football. Patrick Cantlay and Brooks Kepka are paired together. And Brooks played with Patrick Cantlay before and said it was death because he takes forever. Now, I know they manipulate the, you know, the pairings here. Do you mm-hmm. think that they did this on purpose to put Brooks Kepka with Patrick Cantlay with the possibility of somebody being murdered? <laughs> I don't think that's the outcome that they saw. Oh, okay, okay. But, but, but there's always been a little bit of a sense of humor to put some of these groupings together on <laughs> Thursday and Friday. And I don't know if it was humor or if it was just, yeah, we're going to put them together. Uh, but here it is, and it's hard. Kepka has said it publicly, right? Yeah. And Ka- Patrick Hanley is not a fast player. So is Brooks already slightly defeated in terms of his mental approach? I don't think so because the majors, he blocks them out. He loves play, But he, he'll be unhappy. If Patrick is taking forever, and it's a slow day. And majors can get slow. If there's a little bit of wind, there's a backup on a par five, somebody's making an eight, needs a ruling, it can slow down. So it can take five hours. Brooks can run a little hot in those situations. Is he strong <laughs> enough to forget about it and just play? I'll tell you the one thing you'll see. If Cantlay plays first and then kept the plays, and that could often be the case because Brooks hits it so far, Man, as soon as that ball lands to the other guy, Brooks is over and ready to fire. <laughs> he, he's, a, he's a hard guy for the golf producer on the TV side. you got to be ready because Brooks is going to fire as soon as that ball comes to a stop. How much is tape and how much is live when you're doing play-by-play? Yeah. It depends on who's producing at the different networks. It also depends on the flow of the golf course. If you go to commercial, you've got to come back and get caught up because the action, it's the one sport the action doesn't stop right during breaks. The, the other thing that I think people should realize, it's easy to be critical of what's on tape, what's live. And there can be 40 golf balls in motion at the same time. At no other sport, do you have anything more than one ball in motion at one time. So you've got all these choices. So while you're playing, Fritzy, well, maybe that's a bad example of Fritzy. Somebody else might be hitting a shot, right? Mm-hmm. So... You're playing, I'm watching you live, and you're a slower player. But I'm staying over because you've got an eagle putt. That means I'm missing two shots that I'd like to show. So you should, I think, the audience should accept you coming back and saying, hey, this this was while Dan was playing, here are these two shots. I'd say that the later you get into the weekend, the more is live because there are less shots you have to show. But on Thursday and Friday – those feature groups, the main groups, like we have uh, Rory, Rom, and Rose together right before 10 a.m. Eastern time, you'll see a lot of their stuff live. A lot of the other stuff around them will be taped because you're watching those three guys play. So you got to balance it and figure it out. Is there a more rooted-for athlete right now than Rory McIlroy? Given everything that's happened, he was the face of the PGA yeah, Tour, uh-huh. stood up to the Live Tour, the Americans, you know, appreciated mm-hmm. this. Uh, he's been playing great, just won the Scottish Open. Yeah, I, I don't want to just blurt it out and say yes, because that's my initial reaction is yes. For all the reasons you just said, I'm trying to think, you know, outside of Kansas City, Mahomes is likable. Steph has a likable quality about him, as you saw with the uh, event in Lake Tahoe, the American Century, right? It was like, that was really cool. The reaction on social media to Steph's hole-in-one was Wow, that, that's, that was pretty awesome. But they've won recently. I, yeah, exactly. But I, I, would, I would say yes, and here's why I'd say yes with Rory. Tiger's not in, the, not in the mix right now. Rory probably moves the meter in terms of ratings as much as any golfer in the U.S. for American fans, and he's not American. He was in Scotland taking the Scottish Open title with back-to-back birdies in the last two holes out of the hands of a Scot. Yeah. Scottish 
players don't win. And the crowd went nuts. It wasn't like, oh, polite applause, great player won. He took it from our guy. They were going crazy. That tells you how popular he is. Uh, up on the 14th tee, uh, if Rory heard his name 70 times about an hour ago when I was up there with him, that's a, that's a low estimate. Uh, I would say certainly in golf, and as I just go through the sports, probably as popular globally as any guy is right now. But for the reasons you mentioned, he stood by his word, turned down $600, $700 million to stay true to his word. That resonates, I think, with fans in 2023. I'll leave you with this because people brought this up. Some people on this show brought it up. Hey, could you see Steph mm-hmm. Curry, maybe when he's done playing basketball at the age of 39 or 40, playing like a corn fairy tour, something like that? And I said, yes. you know, but there's a difference between being a scratch golfer and being a professional golfer. And Steph Curry, you know, barely beat out Marty Fish, and nobody's going, hey, could Marty Fish play on the Corn Ferry Tour? Well, we saw Smoltz play, Yeah, right? Yeah. We saw Smoltz play, and, and he did okay, right? And Tony so, Romo. And Tony Romo. And Steph is a phenomenal athlete, and he's still young enough at this point, right, and in great shape, hasn't taken the beating that, Tony took physically, right? And Steph is so good right now as he is a top-level active player in his sport. So, yeah, you're going to get some degradation with a few years. But let's now say that this great athlete is putting all of that time, instead of into shooting, into his golf game. Because his golf game is at a pretty high level. These other guys are really, really good. And they do it under pressure. I think that's the difference, Dan. You can get a good golfer, but around a crowd, they're not as good. I think a crowd makes a guy like Steph better. I think he thrives on that yeah. pressure and the moment and all that. So I'd say he could he could play. I don't know if he could play on the Corn Ferry Tour and prove himself over time. But if you put him in an event, I, th- I think he'd do all right, especially after he was done playing uh, his basketball. A traditional meal that you've had, the best meal you've had there of local fare. Yeah, fish and chips. I mean, you have to have fish and chips. Now, we're not in Scotland because you could have haggis, and I know that you know what haggis is. I'm sure you've had haggis. Blood pudding? Have you had blood pudding? I've had blood pudding in Scotland, but we're not in Scotland, so I can avoid those delicacies. (laughs) I I, I, know 25 years of doing the Open, I've never done the broadcast in a kilt. You've worn a kilt on the air, haven't you? Yeah. I got one on right now. (laughs) Obviously. Of course you do. Yeah, for for the segment. Yeah. I'd ask you if you have anything else on under the kill. However, <laughs> we're out of time for the segment. From yes, we are. Because, yes, we are. Because you're doing golf and I'm not. Stop it. You're in the cave. Look at you. You've got you've got all those things around. You've got the legends of the business behind you. What more could a man ask for? You've got the USA thing up over your head. And in case anybody tuned in didn't know you're an American, we know that. It's perfect. Have fun, Mike. <laughs> I miss you. See you Thank pal. you, buddy. That's Mike Tirico. He's uh, covering the uh, 151st Open Championship. That'll be uh, starting Thursday across uh, all the platforms there, NBC, USA Network, Peacock, and then weekend coverage as well. So I was up for the job to do golf. Did you want it? I wanted to be considered for it. Mm. But I still love doing SportsCenter. And I just remember... That I was going, it was like 10.55, and I'm going to do the 11 o'clock sports center. And one of my bosses calls me in and says, uh, hey, uh, you're not going to get the golf job. Uh, Tarico's getting it. And I was discombobulated because I'm walking over to do sports, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, Paul. There's nothing that screams management more than a management person telling an on-air talent moments before a national broadcast horrible news or career-defining news (laughs) right before they're going to go on air and not wait until after the show to tell them. Well, no offense. it was unprofessional to do it, but they were worried I was going to find out, so they were trying to be professional by telling me. But, yeah, that was was a long, long time ago. Yeah. God, I remember where I was in the newsroom. I'm walking over. I'm like, what just happened? Yeah, no big deal. Just just real quick. Yeah. Hey, come here for a minute. 
Man, then that walk was long. <laughs> it was it was long anyway from one building to the other to do Sports Center. It was really long that night. Yeah, Paul. A long walk spoiled. Oh, okay. okay. Blue, blue. Put it together. All right. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.